Hey everyone, it's Jonathan. Last week's Game Spotlight episode about Mysterium went way over time, so we had to break it into a couple of parts. As we pick up our conversation, we're talking about the different versions of the game that were published. The original Polish, the Ukrainian variant, which I liked a lot, and the North American English Language Edition, which came out just recently from Asmodee Editions. One thing I'd like to mention, actually, is that if you do wind up picking up the North American Edition, the English Language Edition, there's nothing to stop you from using those components to play the game using using whatever rules version you like. So go on down to BoardGameGeek.com, download the rules variations if you're interested in trying them out, or come on over to Steaks and Lattes and we'll teach them to you. Game on. So this is all very impressive. I really loved the Ukrainian variant on this game. I loved how atmospheric it was. Um, Steve, you're not the only one who wasn't particularly happy with the modifications that were made. Uh, to the North American version, which had a lot more rules in it. It had numbers and point scoring mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. David, you were the one who played this first. How intimidating... You're, you're an expert game player, so maybe you're not the best person to ask this. <laughs> but uh, would you feel comfortable introducing new players, people who are beginners to board games, to that version of the game with all the details that you have to keep track Complete of? Complete beginners, probably not. Um, I think I would dispense... One, one of the things that they added in, you're talking about what do you see in front of you. What you see in front of you with the North American version is the addition of a track, uh, which is supposed to be how clairvoyant these psychics are. Because as well as selecting the character, the place, the weapon that they believe they're looking at, they are also voting on whether they believe the other players are correct. Uh, mm-hmm. And you want to vote whether they're right or wrong. And if you're correct, you're going to go up this track. And the further up this track you are, the more cards you get for the end game. I would take that out if I were teaching it to a new player. I would take that out if I was teaching it to anyone. That's one of the elements that I just did not like at all about the the North American edition. Yeah, for me, it added... To, I, I'm actually with Steve on this one. It, it added more game to something that wanted to mostly be about atmosphere and mm. deduction. From our conversation, I think I would probably be inclined to do the same thing. But not knowing the European rules, I find myself... Um, you know, not 100% committed to that simply because I don't know quite what it's turning into. Uh, but I think I don't see any reason why Mysterium would be a worse game for losing that based upon the Asmodee edition. And uh, although, of course, there are a lot of people out there who really enjoy systems and mechanics in games, that's what they like. So adding this makes it a better game for them. I guess you know, we're, Steve and I aren't quite that sort of person. Well, the one thing I do enjoy for it, and I mean, I'm I'm a very, very strong theme gamer, uh, as you know, but one thing I do enjoy about it is that uh, if you don't use that voting to its greatest possible strength, you only... So the the second half of the game, which we haven't really talked about yet, is trying to identify the one of the people, uh, and it's going to be one of the sets that someone at the table has picked, uh, the one of the people, place, and uh, weapon that was the person who committed the crime. And you do that by seeing three cards, uh, one of which relates to each of the three... Uh, three dream cards, sorry. Yeah, One of which relates to each of the three things. Uh, now, the way the clairvoyance system works is that if you haven't been particularly successful, you only get one of those cards before you have to cast a vote. Now, the problem is that's almost playing a different game. Yeah. Uh, and for that very reason, whenever I teach this, I will teach the first round and then say, because you, you technically lose if you don't win the first round in seven turns, and I will say, call me back when you get to part two, and then I will tell you what this does. Because teaching it all at once will blow people's brains if they're not sort of super mechanics-minded. One of my biggest problems with it is that um, the the voting system punishes people. Yeah. Um, f- mostly for other people's mistakes. Mm-hmm. 
Right. If if player A is super uh, convinced about a particular card being theirs, and they can make a really good argument as to why they think that the ghost um, connected that dream to that thing, and I am convinced by that argument and vote in their favor, when it turns out that they're wrong, I get punished. And yeah. I see fewer cards at the end of the game because someone else was eloquent. And that, to me, seems really stupid and, yeah, and, and I see utterly pointless and no reason to punish players uh, for bad performance in the first half of the game in a part of the game that isn't even relevant. Like This is the main part of the game over here, and I did, I did well. I guessed my things correctly. And then there's this tiny slice of the game over here where... Other people didn't do well at the main part of the game, and they tricked me, mm-hmm. uh, even though we're cooperative. Their arguments fooled me into guessing wrong on their behalf, and so I get punished in the final stage of the game. It does feel uh, a bit less cooperative. Yeah. Doesn't it? it feels more competitive in terms of trying to get uh, as many points as possible. And from what you've said of the rules of the punished version, I can hear that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's straight co-op in that case. Now, um, obviously, not fortunately, you can play the uh, any version of this game using uh, any set of the rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you buy the Polish copy, then you you would be missing a few bits. But if you bought the uh, the English uh, an English copy, then you can play any version of the game. There's nothing stopping you. Yeah, the rules are available as PDFs, and you can. Download. I'll actually put a link in the description yeah. so that uh, you can get it if you want it. Yeah, the different versions can be used, and you can tinker with it and, and make your own. And there's that beautiful screen. Which is so handy. The screen, yeah. It's a very simplistic edition, but it's really useful for the ghost. Because on the one side, you have this beautiful artwork of the house. And on the other side, you have six uh, tracks, if you like, with three slots in them. One for each of the players. And it just lets you put those cards in so that you can keep track as the ghost of what's going on. You can see all the cards at once, just at a glance. Instead of having to flip up, look at this, flip up, look at this, and keep track of all of those. Uh, That's definitely handy. The art is different, too, in a few cases. A lot of the art is the same. The dream cards are the same. But uh, the tone mostly. Of the I do. I'm has looking through. I do well. think there are one or two dream cards that are slightly different, but mm-hmm. I might be wrong on that. How would you describe the difference in tone between the art of these two editions? The original character art for the Polish version, I think, is it's emotionally starker. Yeah, uh, I can't say that that the color palette is starker, although it is a little more muted. Um, it's it's flatter, if that makes yeah. sense. It's less flamboyant as well. Um, but I don't think it's darker, because looking at the the North American release, it has a very sort of Tim Burton-y yeah. Yeah, that's um, fair. feel to it. Uh, and the, the characters have, have a darkness and an edge to them, but the actual art is, is deeper in its presentation. There's more shading and shadowing. Mm. Um, they, they look almost... They look like photographs of cartoon characters <laughs> instead of paintings of characters. They're more yeah. sculptural, less painterly. Yeah. And one thing I will say as well is that um, at least for the places... Well, maybe not for the places. I haven't seen the Polish places cards. But certainly for the characters, there's a little more clutter in the North American version, mm. I think. Uh, at least uh, stylistically speaking. I think there's just probably just as much stuff in either one. But I feel like the North American cards are more distracting and therefore more likely to lead the players up the garden path. So, is this a kind of game that you would recommend to people at a cafe like Snakes and Lattes? 
I've had great success with it, actually. Mm. Um, I, it's not a fire and forget game in the sense of I can't go, here are the rules and walk away. Mm. I do feel like I need, if I'm going to teach this to a table, I need to do it when I can sit through the first round with them so they know what's going on. But every table I've taken it to and I've got them playing it, they've really enjoyed it. How about you, Steve? Uh, I have yet to meet the group of customers that uh, my brain light bulb goes off and says, these people are going to dig Mysterium. Mm. Um, maybe that's as a result of the types of customers that we get at different times of day or different days of the I week. I think maybe different locations as well, because I've yeah. never really felt the inclination to teach it at the Annex, but our college location, I've taught it probably seven or eight times now. Mm. I also... Um, Having only played each version once, Mm -hmm. uh, I personally am not confident enough in the rules, especially like which which rule came from which set in my head, and Mm. uh, that I don't feel good handing a game to someone that I can't really teach them. Fair enough. Uh, There's also the question of player count. On the box, it says two to seven players. Is that is that the truth or is that a lie? No, that's a lie. Okay. Um, What's the real player count for this? Game? I would say four to seven players, uh, at least for the North American. I can't speak for the Polish, but the rule set in the North American version, if you have two to three players, when you get to the end game, you don't have enough sets of characters left in the game to make mm-hmm. it enough of a challenge. So the story flies out the window because yeah. the uh, detectives have narrowed it down to these uh, three three or so people. And then you go, but that's not enough. So here's two more back in the game again for you to guess against. And it, it, it breaks the narrative. And it sounds like a small thing of let's just add a couple of extra sets. But it breaks the narrative so hard. That I really have a problem with it. As soon as very, you hit four gamey. people, it's that's something not you have thing. to put in to make it difficult enough to be mm-hmm. a challenge, rather than being something that's part of the story. Which I, you've done at the beginning of the game anyway, because you've already fed in red herrings. Yeah. So why are we killing them out of the game only to put them back in again? One of the things that I find weird about the game is Clue gives you an answer. There is a solution to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. In Mysterium, the ghost picks the answer to the puzzle. The ghost just willy-nilly decides mm. which one is correct, and therefore... Well, they would know, right? Sure, they would know, absolutely. But the, the point that I'm making is the player chooses. Mm. And does the player choose based on the cards in their hand at the start? They go, oh, well, okay, this card clearly means this guy, so therefore I'm going to make this guy be the right answer. I always pick randomly. Insta- and there's the random, but there's also the chance... That someone will partway through decide, oh, they're never going to get the set that I chose, so maybe I should choose a different set. Oh, and no, that's that's cheating. You don't do that. It's cheating, and I don't do that. You don't do that. But I am of the opinion that a game that leaves itself so blatantly open to cheating has made a mistake in its design. Well, the, uh, the American Every version... game can be cheated at. You can cheat at every single game that there is, but some games leave it really wide open, whereas other games create systems that it's harder to cheat at. It's more obvious if you're screwing over other people. The American version, though, when you do choose the victim, you put a number counter face down on the table. So unless you slip that off the table, you do commit yourself in that sense. So maybe mm. that's... Uh, one thing, perhaps, that has been slightly tied up uh, a loose end by the North American release. It is a fairly loosey-goosey game design, and you need to be comfortable with that mm-hmm. in order to enjoy the game, I think, no matter which version you're playing. 
All right, that's all for this week. If there's a game you'd like to see in the spotlight, tweet it to us at SnakesCast or post it on the Snakes and Lattes Facebook page. David, Steve, thanks for being on the show. Thanks Thank for you. having us. The Snakes Cast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. Until next time, everyone, thanks for listening. Game on. Game on.